Welcome home, and thank you for joining us here on the Real Life Church Podcast. We are people of faith with the voice of hope who are known by love. We hope you enjoy this message. I love my wife's air guitar there at the end. Did you see that? That was awesome. Man, I'm so glad you guys are here. Sometimes I like to start with a funny story. So there was a little boy walking down the beach, and uh, he was looking for someone he could trust. And he found a, a, a old matronly looking woman with a big sun hat on, with her feet in the sand and a big umbrella over her. And, and he's like, maybe she's the one. So he musters up the courage and he goes over to her and he says, ma'am, are you a Christian? And she says, well, yes, yes, I am. He says, let me ask you another question. Do you read the Bible every day? She goes, Actually, every day I do read the Bible. And she says, uh, and he says to her, let me ask you this. Do you pray? Do you spend time with God in prayer? A little kid asking a lady. And she says, well, yeah, I, I try to make a habit of praying every day. He says, well, let me ask you one final question. And she kind of looks at him strangely and he, she says, well, what's your last question? He says, can you hold my bubble gum and my quarters and my seashells so I can go swimming in the ocean? <laughs> Looking for somebody to trust, right? Um, let's pray together over the word of God today and prepare our hearts, man. Father, if we left right now, we could say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, we dedicate these next few moments together as we turn our attention, our affection to continue to worship our lives by, Lord, by being present to this moment, being present to what you want to say to us. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. God, give us hearts that long to obey, to put it into practice. So, Lord, we thank you that you are the head of the church. You love us, and you are transforming us from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to talk to us this morning just for a little bit um, on going on a treasure hunt. How many of you guys have ever participated in a treasure hunt? Maybe. I can remember uh, we used to ride big wheels and bikes, and there would be a group of us, and we were going through a treasure hunt through our neighborhood, you know, spending all day. And in our lives, all of us have gone on a treasure hunt, I'm sure, if you're sitting in this room. And I wonder when we go on a treasure hunt, it's something, a treasure obviously is gold, silver, all those fun things, right? But that's not what I want to focus on. What I want to focus on is this word here that is actually to retain carefully or keep in store as in the mind. It's to regard or treat as precious or something that we cherish. And probably all of us in here maybe have, I think about relationships, we probably cherish or feel that maybe there's relationships in our life that are precious. Does anybody have any of those? I hope if you're married, please put your hand up and cherish that, um, you know, marriage. If you, you have kids or something, it's not a trick question. Yeah, if you didn't, you just lost brownie points. We gave you a chance. So we, we treasure those things. We hold them in high regard. And this is, and when I'm thinking about this, we were, me and RC were talking, I said, when you go on a hunt, it means to search or be on a quest, And all of us have gone on, I'm sure, a quest in our life or on the hunt. And I know we have some hunters in here. And uh, some of you, I've seen your pictures out there killing them poor little baby animals. 
Um, but I wonder how many of us have gone on the hunt in our lives. Maybe you've been on the hunt for validation. Maybe you're like, if I could just get the right house, if I could just get the right car, if I could just make this money, then I'll feel worth, like I'll have worth, I'll have validation. But how many of us know chasing that or being on the hunt for that can leave us unfulfilled? Because when you get the bigger house comes the bigger bills and you never have enough money, and then you begin to live outside our means, right? And we see this going over and over. How many of us have ever been on the hunt for love? I went on the hunt. He was my prey, and I caught him. So trapped him up real good. But sometimes we're on the hunt for love, right? We want that person who's going to love us and we're going to be with. And you're wanting to find that love and feeling. You're on the hunt for something. Some of you, you're on the hunt for wild game. And what I mean by that is uh, you're like, I'm going to sow my wild oats. I'm going to go do my thing, my time, and I'll, I'll check in with God later. So we've all been on a hunt in our life at some point or place, right? And uh, R.C. was asking, we were kind of going over this last night. He was like, well, if, I was to, if our house was to catch on fire, he's like, what would I run and save? And I am sad to say I did not make the top three. <laughs> Who wants to guess what the top one was? No, the dog would be the last thing. Any? No. Keys to his motorcycle. I'm like... He's like, in our car, I don't want that stuff to burn up and be in the loft. I'm like, hello, your family, the people in your life? No. So I know now where his heart lies and what he cherishes. So no, I'm just playing. He loves us. But sometimes we're in this hunt. And we can, and as we've been talking about the fear of the Lord, again, I want to remind us we're still in the series on fear. To fear the Lord is to be in awe, to be in reverence, respect, this breathtaking when we come and we have a revelation of who God is, it should take, as we were singing this morning, God, your grace is amazing. It literally takes my breath away when I think about what you have done for me. I stand in awe of your love and your goodness towards me when I didn't deserve it. This is what we're talking about. It brings us back. It pulls us back into line. I'm not talking about bringing us back into legalism. We talked last week that you have to have the two legs, right? You guys remember that? To walk. We have one of this. If you have been at Real Life for any length of times, we've been here seven, eight years, you know our foundation is the love of God. And that is a platform that we build on. And you have to have that to walk. It is the love of God that draws us, his mercy and goodness. We have saying about it this morning. But there's also the fear of the Lord that is our other leg that we're going to stand on, that we're going to be in awe and reverence, and we're going to put him in the right place. I had the opportunity yesterday. I was ministering to somebody. I was coming up to study, and there was somebody here, and, and they were just in a crisis situation. And uh, they were being tormented. And uh, I was getting ready to walk in the room, and the Lord just told me, he said, man, they're being tormented by fear. And can I tell you that God's love doesn't torment you? That's not the fear of God that we're talking about. It's not, God's love does not torment you. His, the fear of the Lord actually draws you to him. When you begin to see him properly, you're like, this is who I get to worship in all of his glory, in all of his majesty, in all of his goodness. This is my God. And it takes my breath away. 
And so that's where I, I want us just to kind of find. So some of us, we're going to go on the hunt for the fear of the Lord. And I, I came in here after, and man, the, this person was just like, man, I feel, I can't even breathe. Like, I feel like fear is attached to every cell of my body right now. And so we began to pray, and all of a sudden they said, and, and the Lord just was giving me some stuff, and we were praying over that, and they said, man, this is absolutely insane. This is crazy. And I'm like, what? They're like, I can breathe, man. Like, I feel the love of God. I've never been able, I felt like I can never earn God's love. And it's not about me earning it. It's about me just lo- letting him love me. And I'm like, yes. And this is what he wants. And so some of us may not want to go on the treasure hunt. You may say, that doesn't sound really fun. Doesn't sound like something I want to go on. And guess what? You don't have to go. But for us who say, hey, I want to go on this quest, it is my prayer. I'm like, God, will you teach me to stand in the fear of the Lord? Would you teach us as a community to stand in reverence of who you are? Would you teach us to put you in the right place? And I was having this conversation with somebody, and they said, you know, I, I've, I know about God, I, I've, but I made a vow one time that I'd rather have something else than have God. And we think, oh, my God, that's strong. But we do it all the time. We'd rather take our problem and say, you know what, God, I know what your word says. And I know that there should be awe and respect of who you are. But right now my problem is bigger, and that's what I'm taking, and that's what sits on the throne of my heart. And there becomes the fear, right? And that is torment, and that's not what God wants for our lives. So I want to ask you a really quick question. How do we prepare for the hunt? How do you prepare for the hunt? So I thought about Mark and John and some of these guys that I know like to hunt. TJ, can we pray for TJ real quick? Poor TJ came to men's ministry yesterday and then went home and someone pushed him down the hill. No, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> I was too, Melissa, she paid off somebody. Now, uh, he was doing a burn barrel and fell down the uh, hill and broke his ankle and leg there. It's really bad. So, and I know he has to have surgery, but can we pray real quick? So, Lord, we do. We pray for TJ. Lord, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would touch his body. Lord, you would touch those ligaments and tendons and bones, God, that there would be speedy, supernatural recovery in his body. Lord, I thank you that the pain, God, that you're able to keep that, uh, take it completely away, keep that at a minimum, and God, give him fast, speedy recoveries. Put him in the right hands with the right surgeons. Lord, we thank you for touching his body. I thank you for the work you're doing in his life. And Lord, we love you and we bless you. Amen. So I want to ask us, how do we prepare for the hunt? You got to be familiar, right? To know what you're hunting for, right? Like if you just go out and you start shooting stuff that's walking around, you're probably going to end up in trouble. You got to know, you got to be familiar with what you're hunting. You got to bring the right gear. If I'm going to hunt for a bear... I'm not bringing a fishing pole. Or maybe you could and catch some salmon and fish and like throw it at them and lure them. I don't know. I still don't think that would go very well. Um, you got to dress appropriately. You got to camouflage, right? You got to get in gear, put the nasty, smelly stuff on you. I don't know. You guys, it's crazy. You got to know the terrain and the surroundings. You got to know where to set up. And I was thinking about this when we go on the hunt for the Lord. 
Again, this is a quest when we're searching him out. And you may say, are we really supposed to search out? God, I love, chases after us, but he invites us to come to other quests. He invites us to search him out. I love this in Job 28, and this is a few verses if you want to go in Job 28. Ah, oh, awesome. But it, listen to this. It says, miners hammer away at the rock. They uproot the mountains. They tunnel through the rock and find all kind of beautiful gems. They discover the origins of rivers and bring earth's secrets to light. But where, oh where, will they find wisdom? Where does insight hide? Mortals don't have a clue, haven't the slightest idea where to look. But God alone knows the way to wisdom. He knows the exact place to find it. He knows where everything is on the earth. He has seen everything under heaven. He focused on wisdom and made sure it was all set, tested, and ready. And then he addressed the human race, which we are part of. Look at your neighbor. You are part of the human race. Here it is. Fear of the Lord. That's wisdom and insight. It means shunning evil. Proverbs 25.2, it said, It is all the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Hosea 3.5. It says they, and I love the story of Hosea. I've been in there um, this week. They will come back chastened to reverence, to that all, to that respect. He's talking about the children of Israel. They, they went off in idolatry, and God says, I'm going to bring them back. And when they come back, they're going to be chastened in reverence and go before God and his good gifts, ready for the end of the story of his love. Man, I just want to encourage us to going on the hunt, one of the first ones was you need to be familiar with your surroundings, right? You need to be familiar with what you're hunting. But can I challenge us? Don't get familiar just knowing about God. Go on the quest. Begin to dig. Begin to search. Begin to say, God, search my heart. I was talking to a person, and they were like, I, I don't know how to do this. I said, listen, God is always inviting us. It's l simply saying, God, Yes, to your voice and going after him. Lord, I don't know how to revere you. I don't know what that looks like. Maybe that's for some of you. You're like, I don't know what that means. Then begin to ask him. Begin to search that out. And guess what? We think that God's like, no, I don't want you to know. God's like, I want to share. I want you to know. I want you to live in wisdom. I want you to have the benefits of these things. So go on the quest. I'm telling you, it's exciting. And it is beautiful. I think for me, as we've been on this conversation, and Jenny and I, um, we kind of spend all of our waking time talking about the Lord. Like, Jesus is our first love. And as we seek him, we draw closer together. And, and, and the result of that is we're always talking about the Lord and what he's saying to us and what he's asking from us. And, and this has really become a, a, a intense passion and hunger in our lives is to go after the quest, to hunt, to find the fear of the Lord. Last week when you read Proverbs 2, it says if you'll incline your heart to wisdom, if you'll search for her as silver, if you'll go for it like gold, if you'll explore for it like rubies, if you chase it, then you will find the fear of the Lord. And the rest of that chapter is all of this beauty of what it looks like after you have sought and found the fear of the Lord. But the big thing is 
And this is the thing. We have to take the choice. There's an if. We have to do something. We have to go after him. We have to go on the journey. So good. So in Matthew uh, 13:44, the Malkut Hashomayim, or the kingdom of God, is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and then hid again, went back and sold everything he had to find the treasure in the field. In Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Man, listen to this from the Amplified. For where your treasure is, there your wishes, your desires, and that on which your life centers will be also. The Old Testament actually describes the fear of the Lord, watch this, as God's treasure. It's God's secret treasure. It's God's secret stash. It's God's valuable stuff he holds to himself. And, and I wouldn't trade a million dollars, guys, for what the Father is doing with us and in us and how he's inviting us to taste and see the goodness of the Lord, to, to be partakers of his loving kindness. And now I feel like God is inviting us to experience the fear of the Lord. But the fear of the Lord isn't being afraid of God. That's not what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord is the awe and the reverence and the wonder. And I hope you felt it here this morning because I did. But Isaiah 33, 6, check this out. It says, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. Man, we need this in our country. And the strength of salvation. But the fear of the Lord is God's treasure. The fear of the Lord is not a natural fear. It's not a demonic fear. It's not a tormenting fear. It's a clean sense of awe and reverence. I want to show you just for a moment, as we're inviting you into this treasure hunt, check out what God says about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord adds length to your life, Proverbs 10, 27. The fear of the Lord teaches a person wisdom. There's like four or five texts for that. It, the fear of the Lord enables a person to avoid evil. There's like five scriptures for that. The fear of the Lord leads to life. <laughs> Proverbs 14, 27 and 19, 23. The fear of the Lord brings wealth and honor and life. Proverbs 22, 4. Those who fear the Lord have a secure fortress and a refuge for their children. The, those who fear the Lord are blessed. Psalm 28, 14, Psalm 112, 1, Psalm 128, 1, Psalm 128, 4. All say those who fear the Lord are blessed. Those who fear the Lord are to be praised. Psalm, Proverbs 31, 30. Those who fear the Lord will not lack any good thing. Those who fear the Lord are God. To them he makes known his secrets. To those who fear the Lord are God, he makes his covenant known to them. To those he fears who fear the Lord, his eyes are upon them. To those who fear the Lord, he has compassion on them. To those who fear the Lord, the Lord loves those who fear him. Psalm 103, 17. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Psalm 34, 7. The mercy of our God is upon those who fear him. Psalm 103, 17. The fear of the Lord is he sends his righteousness to dwell within them. The fear of the Lord, God delights in those who fear him. 
Psalm 33, 8, let all the earth fear the Lord and let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. So good. So, you know, as I was thinking about this and I'm thinking about the treasure, I mean, is that how much more incentive do you need to go after the fear of the Lord, right? Did y'all hear the, the, the promises connected to pursuing it like a treasure? If you will pursue it, if you'll hunt for it, if you'll chase for it, you'll find the fear of the Lord. And those who find the fear of the Lord, my goodness, the angels of the Lord encamp around you. Those who fear the Lord depart from evil. I mean, it's just incredible. But as I was thinking about um, th this treasure, there's wisdom, beauty, riches, all that stuff that people seek. And, and this is what Proverbs 31 says. The, the women who fear the Lord, those are the ones to be praised. Those who fear the Lord. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And there's just something breathtaking. There's something that that is just astonishing. And, man, this is literally like becoming part of my daily prayer life because I want the fear of the Lord. And, and listen, be, the fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God. Are you following me? It's being in awe of him. It's holding him in reverence. It's letting him have the sacred space of your life that only belongs to him. Those who fear the Lord obey him. Those who fear the Lord follow him. Those who fear the Lord, God delights in them. And he, now here's something that really tripped me out. Isaiah chapter 11 says this that this is talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's on our Messiah. And it says the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of might, the spirit of counsel, the, the spirit of knowledge, the, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And then the very next verse says, speaking of our Messiah, and his delight is in the fear of the Lord. Listen, that's all I needed. If Jesus takes delight in the fear of God, I want it too. I want to follow him. I want to be like him. I want to love like he loves. I want to live like he lives. I want to care like he cares. I want to see God do through my life and through our life together what he did in Messiah. And that's his promise. What I've done, you'll do, and even greater. But listen, one of the things, when it talks about the anointing, did y'all hear that? Is everybody following me? Everybody following me, right? The spirit of the fear of the Lord was on our Messiah. He delighted in the fear of the Lord. Hebrews says, he says, because you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness, therefore God has anointed you with the oil above all your companions. There's something about loving what God loves and turning away from what God turns away from, that begins to release an anointing. Listen, come on, guys. We're called to carry glory in our life. You're called to walk in the glory of God. We are being transformed from glory to glory. When, when glory is in the room, there's weight in the room. When glory is the fear of the Lord is connected to the glory of the Lord. Listen, even those who loved him, John, who laid his head on his breast, when he seen Jesus in the book of Revelation, he said, I fell at his feet as though I were dead. Ezekiel, who saw the glory of the Lord when the Lord approached, he said, I fell at his 
feet as though I were dead. Job said, my eyes have, my ears have heard of you, but now that my eyes have seen you, there's nothing left in me. Like there's something about the fear of God, the awe of God, the reverence of God that he's inviting us into. And what happens is it starts becoming a treasure and it attracts the anointing and the glory of the Holy Spirit to come and settle. Because listen, if we come in here and we don't pay any attention and we're bored and we're thinking about something else, are you telling me God's going to let his glory rest in a place where there is no reverence? We show more respect to that to earthly judges. You can't walk in a courtroom any kind of way. You better tuck your shirt in. You better brush your teeth and comb your hair. And when he walks in, you better stand up. And if you start talking and acting and texting on your phone, they're going to pick you up. Last time I went to court, they said, put your cell phone up. If I hear it, you're gone. This is contempt. Because you don't walk into a place like this with no reverence and no honor and no awe. When I tell you to stand, you stand. When I tell you to sit down, to sit down. When I tell you to shut up, you shut up. Right? I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just saying, how can we show more respect to earthly judges than the judge of the whole earth? Shall not he do right? Does he not deserve honor? Does does he not deserve reverence? Jesus is my best friend. But I am in awe of him. I wake up every day. Let me, can I, I know I shouldn't do that. I'm not here to talk about me. I'm here to talk about him. But every single day I wake up, this, Lord, I can't believe I get to call you Abba. I can't believe you chose me, that you've put me in your own family, that you've washed me from my sins in your own blood, that you've grafted me into your house, that you've made me a a part of your very own family, that I'm now an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I've done nothing but said yes. I've done nothing but say I trust, and now you're making me a joint heir in the family? I can't believe I get to call you Abba, it's more than I can take in. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. My sins are as far as the east are from the west. He's crowned me with tender mercy. He's crowned me with loving kindness. I wake up every single day to a brand new slate of Hesed, which is God's loving kindness, tender mercy, loving faithfulness. Every day, it's brand new. Every day, he loads me with benefits. Every day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. I can't believe I get to call you Abba. What kind of God is this? Who has loved us so much, he sent his only son. And then if that wasn't enough, he said, and how shall he not with him freely give you everything else? I stand in awe of him. But if there's a spirit of the fear of the Lord, if there's a treasure, if, if the treasure is the fear of the Lord, then I want it. And I ain't going to lie. Can, is this okay? Abba, I know you're listening. I want all the benefits too. I want everything the blood of Jesus paid for me to get. I don't want to leave nothing on. I don't want to leave nothing out. I want everything the blood of Yeshua paid for us 
to have. And if choosing the fear of the Lord, if choosing to be in awe and reverence, if choosing to delight in the fear of the Lord will begin to create prosperity in your life, create freedom for your children and your sons and your daughters, if choosing the fear of the Lord will begin to create revival and health and change nations. Listen, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. And Solomon says, I've, I've searched heaven, I've searched earth, I've done everything stupid you can possibly imagine. And this is the conclusion of the matter. Fear the Lord. For all those who fear him enjoy the goodness of God. The glory of the Lord, the fear of the Lord are connected. And so I love, is it, all right, is it okay if I take, Neil, come on. <laughs> um, I'll say this. this. This story has just, are y'all okay? Is everybody okay? Um, we're, we're closing, okay? Okay. Um, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Um, this is from the book of Exodus. Everybody say Exodus. So God is tapping Moses on the shoulder, and this is what he's, he shows up in a burning bush, right? And what does he tell Moses? You can't, you can't come like you are. You, you got to take your shoes off because this is holy ground. Anywhere my presence is sanctifies the place. You got to take your shoes off. You don't just walk any kind of way into the presence of a consuming fire. Moses, take your shoes off. So he takes his shoes off and he draws close and, and God begins this conversation. He says, I'm sending you to go get the people of Israel. I'm sending you. And man, we could talk months about this, but this is what God says in essence. He says, I'm sending you you're going to go get them, and you're going to bring them back. And th this is how you know I'm sending you, Moses. Once you have led the children out of Egypt, you will worship me on this mountain. So let me ask you something. Why does Moses go get the children of Israel? What is he leading them to? Oh, my God, all of y'all said it. I thought y'all would say, he was leading them to the promised land. What did he keep telling Pharaoh? Me and the children of Israel are going there to worship. No, you're not. Me, no, no, let my people go. We're going to worship. Well, you can take your, you can take your kids, but all your cattle and your wives, they all got to stay. Over and over, Moses is contending for the word of the Lord. Listen, God has called me to lead us to a mountain to worship him. And when he, when he left, it was just a burning bush. But when he got back, the whole mountain was on fire. The voice of Yahweh was thundering over the mountains. And the people, the Bible says, were sore afraid. And Moses is, says, I am in the presence of God, but I'm trembling. His words, not mine. The Bible says Moses was the friend of God, but when he would get in the glory of the Lord, his whole body would begin to shake and quiver in the fear of Almighty God. And this is, this is what he said. He said, listen, it's so good that you are here. Don't be afraid. Look, people are freaking out. Don't be afraid. I've brought you here so that the fear of the Lord your God may be with you always. What is he saying? I've brought you here so that the awe and the reverence and the 
the reality that you are seen, that you are known, that you are loved will be with you all the days of your life. So now I'm like, oh my gosh, this God's words, not mine. I brought you here. Maybe the Lord brought you here today. Let's make it personal. Maybe the Lord brought you here today. Those of you watching online, maybe, maybe you're listening to this because God wants to put the awe and the reverence and give you your wonder back so that you never again walk along like a God who has no power, who has no authority, who has no glory, who cannot change everything in an instant. He had already delivered them from the land of Egypt. And now he's like, it's so good you're here. I want to give you the fear of the Lord because once I give you the fear of the Lord, then I can lead you to a place, to cities you didn't build, vineyards you didn't plant, houses you didn't construct. You're going to walk in to something that's already prepared for you when you choose the fear of the Lord. Following on that, for us who know the story, unfortunately, they start to lose the fear of the Lord. They start mumbling and grumbling. They begin to lose the all of who God was. And I believe God is calling back to his church, which we are a part of, and saying, Get the right perspective of me. Come back into the awe and wonder. There's so many stories and we don't have time to go into them. We'll be hitting them later. But I think about Eli's sons who were in the temple and they're, yeah, he said, don't go there because that's a whole thing. Hey, can I say something right here though? Just in preparation for those of you who would say yes to taking the, the hunt, there's eight books we've got left on the table out there when you leave called The All of God. Man, they're 10 bucks. We're going to sell them to you for exactly what we bought it for. It's called The All of God. And it's broken down into a daily devotional. You can do one in the morning, one in the evening, or you can just do one a day. They're easy reads. But this, for those of you who will say, man, yes, I, I, I want to choose the fear of the Lord. Man, we've made a way for you to continue to dig into this, to draw close to the Holy Spirit, and to begin to cultivate the fear of the Lord in your life. You know, we can tend to be in all of the worldly riches, positions, power, talent, intelligence, right? We can stand in all those things, but those things don't impress God because his delight is not in the strength of the horse or mighty armies or worldly powers. His pleasure, nor is his pleasure in the legs of the arms or human strength, but God delights in those who fear him, those who stand in awe of him. So can we not trust on our own human abilities, our own strength, but can we stand in his steadfast love of who he is? And this morning, I just want to ask you, maybe you're here this morning and you have not said yes to Jesus. You haven't made him savior of your life. Maybe you have been on the hunt for the wild game and you've done things your own way. 
and you finally have come to the end of yourself. Maybe you've been on the hunt for the validation, the love, whatever those things are, and you realize, man, they don't fulfill. Can we just take a moment to say yes to Jesus? If you're here this morning and you said, man, literally, it was so awesome yesterday as I watched this person just begin to pour out and say, yes, God, I repent of da-da-da-da-da, yes to you, Jesus. They literally, they're like, I feel so light. Like, it's just so crazy. I'm like, that's what he comes to do. He comes to change us. He comes to give life. That he comes to bring us in back into right standing, right relationship with him. So maybe you've been out of relationship and you feel like things in your life are crazy. God is not going to give you a perfect life because there is no perfect life. But he will give you a life full of his love, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness. I mean, that is perfect, right? But sometimes we run into those unperfect events. But can we pray really quick? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, it's simply saying, God, here I am. I can't do it. I accept your gift of you dying on the cross for my sins. I repent of my selfishness and my pride. I repent for trying to do it on my own. And God, I'm asking you, I'm inviting you into my life to be throned on my heart. Teach me your ways. If you begin to pray that, God is faithful and true to come. And the beautiful thing is, he will continue. He gives you the Holy Spirit who will walk with you, who will guide you, who will lead you into all truth. And you begin to go on the journey. It's not the only thing you and God need to talk about, but it's the best place to start. And for those of us maybe here today, maybe you've allowed other treasures. I know this is so simple, like give me some meat. I'm telling you, maybe there's been some places that you've allowed other things to sit on your heart that's had the throne, whether it's fear, whether it's sin, whether it's relationships, that is not their place and it will never fulfill. It's time to put God back in that place. If you've lost the awe and the reverence of who he is, we need to repent and just ask him, God, would you once again sit at the center of my life? Would you help me to see you? Would you help me to know your love and to know your mercy and, and know and, and, and receive that revelation, God, of who you are? And just begin to pray that. And for the last of us, for those who said, yes, I'm willing to go on the journey, I pray for you and me. It is my heart's cry, God, that we would experience the weight and the glory of who you are. God, that you would begin to manifest yourself. There is a world and a generation that are longing and groaning to see the sons of God. God, would you begin to bring your weight into the room and do only what you can do. 
would your weight begin to shape and change our lives and how we answer and move and have our being, God, will we feel that tangible glory of you. So Father, we give you the rest of our day. We worship you. We thank you for what we've got to experience this morning. And God, we just go in the love and the fear of the Lord. And we bless you. You can stay and worship. Our prayer team's gonna come. If you said yes to Jesus, would you come and let us pray with you and encourage you? If you need prayer for anything, they're gonna come and pray with you. If not, we will see you Wednesday for table talk. Um, and we're excited. We'll be moving deeper into the fear of the Lord. But man, you are dismissed. For more information to give or if you need prayer for anything, visit us online at reallifeministries.org. Shalom.